Do you want to hear the greatest story? Yeah, I do. Oh my god, Bon Jovi sound checking. We got to see this. But then we hear um, the guy whistling to a microphone. Yeah, it was John, and he goes, "The kids can stay." We're like, "Oh, cool." <laughs> nice. Thanks, thanks, Johnny. It was a small theatre, and we went upstairs, and there was a photo of Dire Straits, who did their very first rock blast there in 1982, oh, wow. which was just so cool. So these bikies got in touch with us, give us 500 bucks so you don't get your singer back. <laughs> Holy shit. Welcome everyone, you are listening to the Art of Touring podcast. This is an interview-style podcast where I talk with musicians, performers, and sometimes wrestlers. I am your host, the Sizz Dog. Thank you for joining me. Man, what a crazy week. Gosh, I think if you remember, if you're a regular listener of the Art of Touring, uh, my daughter, um, you know, ran right in head first into the wall last week. Had uh, has four stitches in her forehead, but um, today finally she got to go back to school. So that was a, a great moment um, in the Siriani house. Back at school, she didn't hit her head, thank God, because that was my fear that when she went back to school, she'd just fall over on her head and, you know, open up the stitches. Um, but she didn't. She's got a couple of grazed knees, but, you know, that's every day at school when you're five years old, let's face it. So all good. She's on the mend is the take home, is the uh, is the, is the takeaway for that story. Um, what else happened this week? Just yesterday, I uh, appeared on episode 42 of the podcast uh, called Without Definite Aim. Um, now, that podcast is a, uh, a show that my buddy Vinny puts on every week with his friend Drew in the, the United States. Uh, Vinny and I um, were great friends when he lived down here. We were best buds for a long, long time. Uh, but, you know, as the story goes, he fell in love with uh, an American girl and he moved over there and now uh, the rest is history. Now he is he's truly an American, I, I feel. Um, he's been over there for... I think almost all his, well, maybe half, maybe not, maybe not half of his adult life, but I reckon it's getting up there now. He's been there for a long, long time. Um, But yeah, he asked uh, me to appear on his podcast and the premise of the show is basically they hit a random topic generator at the beginning of the show and then everybody just gives their opinion on the topic um, throughout the uh, podcast. So I won't give you a spoiler, but um, yeah, there was some hilarity. Certainly not for the faint-hearted and certainly not for when the kids were around, guys. We, we get into some pretty funny stuff. So um, yeah, give that a listen without definite aim. You can find that wherever good podcasts can be found. This week on my podcast, however, I spoke with Envy Marshall. She is a guitar player and singer and perf- and former professional wrestler now i reached out for envy uh, to envy a few months ago and um finally got uh, the dates lined up where she was able to appear on the art of touring and um when i do my research on guests that i, I may not know um i usually do you know, check out the the social profiles and saw that envy um is a as a singer obviously guitar player uh and i noticed also that she had a career in wrestling. She was a former professional wrestler. So when she came on over, I, I knew, you know, that she had a musical career, but I had no idea that she, you know, trained as a professional wrestler in the States. And we get into it, man. I was blown away. She was telling us some stories that I was just blown away by. So, you know, keep listening um, to hear Envy tell the story about how she was literally picked up during a WWE live event in Sydney, uh, and that one moment took her on a roller coaster ride all over the world of professional list, well, professional wrestling. But you'll have to keep listening to find the whole story. Art of Touring is brought to you every single Friday. You can listen to Art of Touring on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcasts app, or on Stitcher, wherever you find podcasts, you can find the Art of Touring. Guys, tell friends about this podcast. Subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. Tweet about it, TikTok about it, make a Facebook post about it. Uh, you know, make an Instagram post or an Instagram story about the podcast. Um, you know, just tell everyone about the show. This is episode 97. We've got three to go before we hit that magic 100. And that will be the end of the weekly shows. But I will come out of the woodwork every now and then and, and uh, release a podcast. So uh, that's no need 
to not tell people about the show. Tell them all about it. The Art of Cheering, it's alive and well. If you are listening with kids, however, it might be a good idea to throw on some kid-friendly content. Maybe, you know, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or He-Man or, you know, maybe My Little Pony if you have girls like I do. And then once they are out of earshot, then and only then can you put The Art of Turing back on. Now let's take a moment to hear from our sponsor. Episode 97 of The Art of Touring is brought to you by Lobos Collectibles in Thornbury. Lobos is Melbourne's largest and best vintage toy store. Uh, Their address is 310 St. George's Road in Thornbury. It's got the giant Batman symbol. If people remember the the original store in... um, that wasn't Thornbury. It was somewhere else. Gosh, where was that store? Don't worry about it. But if you remember that store, it had the giant Batman symbol out the front. Well, their new store in Thornbury has that same Batman symbol. Just look for the Batman sign and you'll you'll be fine. Batman sign and you'll be fine, baby. And they don't just have Batman there, guys. They've got Ghostbusters, Star Wars, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, My Little Pony, Star Trek, Dino Riders. They've got Ghostbusters. I said Ghostbusters twice, and that's because I'm a Ghostbusters Man. I'm going to say Star Wars twice too because guess what? They've got so much Star Wars you will be in Star Wars heaven if you go to Lobo's Collectibles in Thornbury. Now Guys, Art of Turing listeners, the coolest thing about Lobo's Collectibles is that they are constantly acquiring new old stock to add to their store, which means you are sure to find something new and old every time you visit. Let them know you heard about the store from the Art of Turing podcast, and if you are in attendance at our 100th episode, then you, my friend, have a 15% off voucher right now in your wallet or your handbag. So dive in there, get down to Lobos Collectibles and use that 15% off voucher, which is valid until the 15th of May. Lobos Collectibles, the best darn toy store in the universe! Just so you know, Art of Turing is hosted by Wooshka. If you'd like to listen on your desktop, all you got to do is Google Art of Turing and follow the links to the Wooshka homepage, man. Shout out to Wooshka. They've been with me for a long, long time. And if you are a podcaster and you don't want to pay for a service which you can get for free, then you, you know, basically means you can put your podcast out there. You don't have to pay a, a, a site handling fee or nothing. Wooshka's free, baby. W-H-O-O-S-H-K-A-A, Wooshka. They're the free podcasting service. Go get amongst it. And uh, before we listen to my conversation with Envy Marshall, I would like to share with you some of her music. This is her brand new single. It's only a week old. It's been out now on YouTube for just a week. It is called Drown. Check it out. go that's just a taste of envy marshall's new track drown i don't play the whole song here on the art of touring you gotta to seek it out if you like it it's more like a little preview a little teaser a little taste test if you will so if you did enjoy that little preview then go and check out the whole track on youtube or spotify or just download it straight from itunes man support the artist that's what we're all about here on the art of touring and now let's sit back and breathe it in that's right it's envy marshall and the sis dog shooting the shit for an hour strap in and let's get loose it's time for the art of touring to begin Welcome 
Welcome everyone, you're listening to the Art of Touring podcast. I'm sitting here in Siriani Studios enjoying a, a latte with my guest tonight and sitting across from me is singer and guitar player Envy Marshall. How are you, Envy? Hello darling, I thought it was an espresso martini, I got it wrong, but yeah, it's still no, nice. There's no booze in it there's tonight. No, there's no alcohol in this podcast, which is fine, I mean, I'm, I'm going to deal with it, I'm going to get through it, it's totally fine. Will you, will, will you be okay? I can run um, over and get you a little something if you like. Well, yeah, I've, got, I've actually got something in my handbag, so I'll be fine. There you go. Um, but yeah, thank you for having me. It's good to be here. Mm. Now you're very welcome. Um, well, we'll begin the um, the podcast as as we do each week, and mm. and, and that is uh, I, I national like anthem. <laughs> no, I've, oh. I've never done that. Wow. Okay. What else? What else could I do instead of asking the person where they're from and where they grew up? Anything. Yeah, you I just could, like the origin story, you could man. Ask me how many hats I have. You could talk to me about my animals. You could. Well, ask yeah. me what I look for in a man. There are so many things you could ask. It's true. It's, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to stick with the format tonight, oh, however, no, 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 no. and I'm sure we'll get to all of that. I'm okay. going to keep those under my hat. Pun Nas- national anthem, though, if you want it, I've got it. You got it locked and loaded? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know which country I'll do, but it'll just something will come out. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Envy, yeah, tell me, where are you from? Where'd you grow up? I'm from Adelaide, South Australia, represent mm. RADS. And it's funny because I was actually really not cool with the fact I was from Adelaide for a long time, but now I've sort of sunk in and I'm really excited about being from Adelaide. Yeah. I was in Adelaide till I was 19 and then I moved to Melbourne briefly and then I was in Bondi in New South Wales for a while. Then I headed off to Louisville, Kentucky where I was wrestling and then Florida and then back to Adelaide for a bit and then Melbourne. I've been in Melbourne for one year. Oh, wow. So you've done like an entire loop. I've done a loop. Yeah. I've done a loop. And so what was it like growing up in Adelaide? You would think I'd have stories then. Um, well, it was badass in a way that if I look back now that I've done the work. Because <laughs> before I'd be like, it was awful. But it's yeah. actually, I look back now and I think, well, my dad was a massive rocker. My mum was an incredible salesperson. So I was lucky just to be around like, you know, rock music. My brothers were massive, massive wrestling fans. So I'm definitely a product of Your environment. my environment, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And so your family, um, you mentioned that you had um, a brother. Is it, is, was there any other members of your family in your immediate family? I got a little brother, mm. Represent. He's actually not that little. He's a bodybuilder. And when I say little, it makes me go, no, he's not. He's, he's Hulk Hogan. <laughs> he's a younger brother. He's Hulk Hogan. Um, yeah. Little brother. And then I've got a bigger brother who lives in Queensland. Um, yeah. yeah. And they're both legends. They're so different, but they're total legends. And you mentioned your folks, what, your mum was a salesperson and, and your, your dad was um, into rock Mummy is a salesperson. My mummy is a real estate agent and she's oh, wow. also a badass. And I got a lot of my sales ability from her. So respect. Shouts out to mummy. And then my father is a legend as well. But he's the reason that for some somehow he downloaded all this rock and roll into my DNA. <laughs> so... This is for you, Dad. Woo! Um, yeah, that's my background. Yeah, wow. Mm. And um, how did music first come to you as, as a young person? Um, did you pick up an instrument first or did you start singing first? It's a really weird one because I was best friends with my music teacher in the fifth grade, Mr. Jackson, if you're listening. Hope he is. That'll be badass. Mr. Jackson. Mr. Jackson. Michael Jackson, his name was, unfortunately. His name was Michael Jackson. His name was Michael Jackson. Wow. He was a music teacher. And he was a music teacher. And he was tall as hell. And I remember I had a massive passion for the Beatles because one night my mum put on Hard Day's Night because the television used to babysit us while they partied. Sorry about that, mum. And um, I remember the Hard Day's Night came on and I was like, oh my God, who are these men? And... What's going on in my body? <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, I think I'm in love with the Beatles, and they were like the first band I was like obsessed with. So, um, yeah, I got all their albums and everything, and and then I was at school, and um, my my music teacher was like, what do you want to do? Like we're talking to the class about what do you want to do for uh, the recital or whatever, and I'm like, yeah. we have to do every Beatles song, and I'm like, we have to do every Beatles song, and I was like obsessed, so. He let me do Hard Day's Night, I think, and Ticket to Ride, and uh, everyone got solos, and there were a couple of us, but the whole of the school did like a big concert for the Beatles, which was badass. Oh, so. wow. And you engineered that. I engineered that. I did. I was like, <laughs> pl- pl- it was like Game of Thrones, man. I was like, I was fucking <laughs> Cersei. I was like, man, we are doing this. Um, yeah, so that was cool. And Fantastic. Then, um, and you were singing, obviously. So I was singing. Yeah. And it was like a choir type situation. And then um, I didn't really do much more with music. Um, at all, really. Like, it's prior, my primary school and a bit in high school, but more drama. And then I didn't really f- uh, focus on it 
much. Um, it's interesting. And so like then I got into the corporate world for a bit and um, I actually own a, a, like a recruitment agency too. So like I got into that and I was doing that for a while. And then I got, when you first left school? Yeah, right. for ages. I was actually a door-to-door salesperson first first out of school because my mum's like, if you want to blah, 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 you got to get a job. And I'm like, righto. And then I remember looking in the newspaper to get a job and it's like, are you a crazy person? And I'm like, yeah. As I went to this interview and it was like commission only sales and I'm like, I got this. Wow. So I did that. It was pretty badass and did that for so long that I got good at it. And then I think after about a few days of doing that, I got a bit itchy and bored of being in sales. I was living in Sydney. What were you selling? Oh, everything. So walking business to business as a 17 year old, like with a briefcase, like selling mobile phone plans, like just knock, knock, no, knock, knock, no, knock, knock, no. Oh. Just built like a, built like a shell around myself. Sure. Yeah. And then I went from doing that because it got a bit boring after a while, I think. And then yeah. my brothers came to visit me one time and I'm like, look, I'm going to get us tickets to SmackDown because I am taking my brothers to fucking SmackDown, you know, because I loved wrestling. We were like, we grew up loving it. Yeah. So my, bro- they, my brothers come, I take them to SmackDown. And then we got, I got them front row tickets. Something, in Sydney. Something happened. Something happened. And it was such a miracle. I have no idea how it even happened. I'm literally at the front, in the front row, just going insane, yelling. Mm. And someone I know is one of the bouncers, picks me up, takes me backstage, and then puts me in front of Triple H. And I forget who else, J- JBL. And, then, and he's like, there you go. And I'm like, hello. And they're like, you should be a wrestler. And I'm like, I would love to be a wrestler. And they're like, you'd be great at it. And I'm like, okay. So then I got on the bus and then I went home and then it just sort of is history. Like I just, I just did it. I just moved to Louisville. They're like, well, we've got a developmental territory in Louisville called OVW. OVW, yeah. I went there. I was there for a couple of years. Wow. Yeah. And they're like, just come to, come to Louisville. So I'm like, fuck it. So I just quit my job, sold all my stuff, broke up with my boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just got rid of everything and just like got a one-way ticket and went there and it was amazing. And so, may I ask what year that was? No, I was like twenty six, I would say. So, what am I now? I'm not telling. I'm just, I'm just trying to work the, out. I'm just trying to work out what because OVW was a developmental yeah. program that they had like you after the Attitude the date, Era, yeah, so it's like two thousand and two. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you can put the dates together this way because when I went there, I was probably there for like three months, and on the third month I was there, WWE pulled the contract from Louisville. Ohio Valley Wrestling, and they took that contract and they put it in FCW. FCW, so Fl- then, Florida so I'm there, wrestling. I'm there, unsigned, like with my butt on the line, like just waiting to get a contract this close. Yeah, and then they move everything and all those stars, like because CM Punk was there, Cody Rhodes was there. Yeah, who else was there? Um, couple of big names now. I can't remember. Like Randy back Orton and John Orton Cena had just and- left, but yeah, it was the development territory for them. So it, yeah. Orton, I think Orton was was um, a top guy at that point, so was Cena. Was but Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins there at the time? Were you, when Zack you were Ryder there? was there, but he, he went up, so we call it you know, go up. So like he, yeah. I think he was there for a couple of weeks and then he went up. Yes. Um, i trying to think who else was massive that was there at the time. Um, I just think maybe mostly Cody Rhodes and CM Punk. Yeah. i got a funny story about CM Punk, actually. Because when I first started... Um, when I first started um, at OVW, they gave me, they give you like rookie jobs. Yeah. So like you're a rookie. Yes. So you just do the most demeaning shit in the world because you're trying to make your stripes and everyone goes through that and it's the initiation process. Sure. And I wouldn't say it was massively like a initiation because it was still quite glamorous, but I was like the ring girl to start with. So that my yeah. job, my job is just to sit at the commentator's desk with the commentators while they're doing the work, wait for the guys to come off, get their stuff, take it backstage to them. I never forget when I met CM Punk, I walked backstage and he's just like, I go, here you go. And I just didn't say anything to him. Like, I just went, here you go. And he goes, do you know who I am? And I'm like, yeah. And just like, everyone's like, ooh. And then I like walked off and he's like, do you know who I am? And I'm like, yeah, I know who you are. Like, I know who you are. And everyone's like, shake his hand, shake his hand. And I'm like, oh, did I not? Because I didn't do it right. Like, I didn't shake, didn't shake the hand, didn't go through the process. And they have this thing in wrestling called Kangaroo Court. I don't know if you've heard of it. No. And he's like, the Undertaker's the head of Kangaroo Court in... Shouldn't be kayfabing right now, but I don't care. I don't do it anymore. Yeah, he's the leader. He's the leader. Of the locker room. He's the leader of the locker room. So Sam Punk was the leader of this locker room. So you know, it's like it was so it's so political. Right. So then I, um, it was cool because after that I just got pulled aside and I got what you'd call heat, and told that I've got heat now, so I need to be careful and like, it's crazy, man. Just because he didn't shake his hand when uh, you first met him. I didn't shake his hand and I didn't say hello. I am Envy. Hello, I'm Sam Punk. You do that to do that respect thing to the head of the locker room. Okay. 
Wow, that is crazy. Crazy, man. That's the second kind of story I've heard about CM Punk in this past week. Because I was wearing this hoodie at work. You are wearing a CM Punk hoodie for I, everyone at home. I am. Yes. It was really cold yesterday. And I was go- I went over to the senior campus because I'm a, a music teacher. And I was taking the senior rock band. And I was wearing this hoodie because it was really cold. Um, and I work at a Catholic school, so usually I don't wear like casual clothes. But it was that cold. I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to throw this on while I'm you know, crossing campus. And my student goes, oh, um, I, I like your CM Punk hoodie, sir. I'm like, hey, thanks, man. You like wrestling? He's like, yeah, I met him. I'm like, really? How'd you meet CM Punk? It's like, oh, well, my dad was going through a divorce. So he was um, you know, overcompensating. So he bought us these crazy VIP tickets when the wrestlers came down in 2012. And I'm like... Number one, that's amazing that you know. How old is that child that knows this? <laughs> He's 17. That's amazing that he knows the word overcompensating I and know. understands his dad's <laughs> motives. I know. Wow, like, children are getting way too smart, man. Way too smart. When I was 17, I didn't even know how to tie my shoe yet. Yeah. And this is crazy. But this story was from when he was seven yeah, in 2012. Crazy. And he's like, so we're backstage and there's Daniel Bryan and there's mm. CM Punk. And he's wearing his CM Punk t-shirt. He went up to him to get something signed. And apparently CM Punk just walked away and went and talked to a bunch of girls. But then Daniel Bryan like saw what happened and like went and spent some time with him and you know like smoothed it all over. There but. is a little bit of this though in wrestling, which mm. I find and I've always found without breaking kayfabe too much and trying to doing the wrong thing by the business. But I think it's pretty reality TV based uh, now yeah. anyway. So the no curtains really completely open now. Yeah, no one cares. But like. There is a certain level of like, if you are the heel on the TV or if you're playing the bad guy in, in any match, you just become that. It just becomes you. Like yeah. you, And like, if you're like, even when I used to wrestle and I had a night where I'd be like, you know, I was the bad, I was the bad bitch. Like I was the heel. I was the, you know, ass kicker. I wouldn't sure. stop and say hello to anyone as I was leaving because no. you keep the, you keep the fantasy going. This person is a prick. Yeah. So like that, there's a lot of that involved. And Daniel Bryan's never really been a heel. He's always been the, oh, come on kids, you know. Yeah. So like, it's interesting that, People actually, I've been, I have had experience with CM Punk, not in kayfabe as a person that actually works in the industry. And I have had lots of experiences with him and he actually is lovely. Yeah, but this yeah. that first experience I had with him was very interesting. And, you know, I've had that in a sort of, um, what would you call it, like initiation in the music industry too with people. Sure, yeah. So, you know, they're like, who the hell's this bitch? Who does she think she is just walking in here, think she owns the place? And I'm, that's I do have that sort of attitude. Yeah. It's like be humble or get crumbled, you know? So. Oh, that's I like that. Mm. Be humble or get crumbled. Absolutely. And the industries I've chosen, Jesus. Yeah. It's they're not it's not like they're like walks in the park, you know. No, no, music industry, wrestling industry, forget about it. They're, <laughs> they're forget about it. The two of the most cutthroat industries in the world. I remember I, I like I was having a flashback the other day. I was in the gym, um, I was just doing some ab work and I was remembering my trainer, he was like six foot four, I won't name his name. He would get too happy about it. You know who you are. I was like I was like laying on the ground and he would hold the um, top rope and jump up and down on my abs to get my stomach ready for matches. Like this man is like six foot four, weighs 280 kid, uh, 150 kilos. I don't know what I was going to say, pounds. Whoa. Just to get like, because they try to break you. Like, yeah, it's one of those This industries. was in OVW. This, no, this was in, this was here in Australia. In Australia. Um, because it is a bit, I did a bit here and I would go back and forth. Um, mm. But they really toughen you up and to the point where most people quit after the first training session, after the first tryout. And that's what yeah, they want. Yeah, that's what they want. They mm. want to weed out all the people mm. that aren't tough and mm. tough enough, you know, for want of mm. a bit of a term. So, you know, I, I think the first time I ever went to a tryout, I think I rang up the next day and said that someone in my ca- family had had a car accident. I just couldn't, I was just lied. I just couldn't get out of bed. I was, couldn't, yeah. move, couldn't move my arms, couldn't move my legs. And then um, when I went back, they were like, well, the, what happened last time? I'm like, yeah, I totally made that up. Because I was like, I think I was like, very very young yeah so and they're like okay you can come back so i went back and then i you know didn't lie again learned my lesson but mm. they really like they were like hey you want to be the top chick here you got to be a man you're not going to be a woman you're going to be a dude you got to play with the big boys this isn't sure. you're, not, you're not a girl um so yeah very interesting yeah man i i can definitely appreciate what that would have that first experience would have been like for you because as i was saying earlier um, I think before we, we started rolling, I did do one training session. And, was it a um, tryout or just a session? No, no, just a just a. Tr- it wasn't a tryout for any kind of promotion. It's literally just a local um, trainer here, um, George the Hitman Julio. He's a local legend in the in the independent Melbourne wrestling scene, um, and. Uh, I, I went along there with Jason, the Crusher Cole, and uh, he's he's the, one of the head trainers there, um, and also with um, Erica Reed, um, the Voodoo uh, Dreamtime Voodoo Witch. Uh, Erica Reed, shout out. 
um, both uh, previous guests of the Art of Turing, and um, they they uh, you know it was three hours and we were training for three hours and I went along with my mate and uh, we just did bump after bump after bump and um, mm-hmm. the next uh, the next two weeks I couldn't walk properly like I was walking through the campus at school and kids and teachers would be like are you all right Mr Siriani be like yeah yeah just went a bit hard in the gym you know but in reality my and I go to the gym like almost every day like I love the gym I work out all the time but I, nothing could have prepared me for the amount of like stress it puts on your body just going just running the ropes and and, and doing bumps Mr Siriani do we have a wrestling name for you do you have a wrestling name? Do you have like a you got the crusher and you've got you've got the, what is it? What's the other one you said? Um, you know we need something oh, for Erica you. Erica Reed. We need something for you. Like what's your? What would you be? I mean, my moniker here on the on the art of touring is Sizz Dog. That's always been my nickname, but I don't think it's a very good wrestling name. What would your wrestling name be? I have no idea. I've never thought putting of putting you right on the spot. Oh wow. Um, what would your style be? My style. <laughs> what would you be? Would you be like cruiserweight? Would you be a heavy hitter? Would you be? Oh no, no! I'd definitely be a cruiserweight, but I'd do a lot of groundwork. There's no way I'm jumping off the top rope. Yeah, yeah. I would just be like, I probably, I think I would probably flourish in the tag team um, realm as if I could work with another person mm. of a sim- similar mm. stature. Mm. We'll um, come back to yeah. your wrestling name, maybe. Yeah, but definitely. The national anthem at the end. Uh, yeah, I, li- <laughs> I like how you put okay. me on the spot, Envy. It's it's fantastic. Yeah, we've got to think of a name. Yeah, the Sizz, this big Sizzler. The big Sizzler. <laughs> Holy shit. That, that's what... Um, All you can eat, bitch. Yeah. The big Sizzler. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll eat you for breakfast. Oh, gosh. I've never given that much thought. What, what if I actually did want to get in the ring? Because people have thought... That because I love it so much and and like even after that wrestling training session, whenever I took a bump and I knew I felt like I did it wrong, I would bounce right back up and I'd say, Jason, can I do that again? Mm. And he'd be like, of course, do it again. Mm. Whereas, you know, I think the people that don't have their heart in it, they would take the bad bump and then they would just keep walking and, and go, okay, I'm just going to go to the back of the line and, and wait my turn again. But I was, I'd never, I didn't know how long it would be until I was going to be back in there. I was just, I just, you couldn't wipe the smile from my face. Yeah? I just loved it so much. <laughs> I didn't like the how... Sizzler. The Sizzler. The Sizzler, hey? yeah, Sizzler. He's got the Sizzler reel, mate. That's great. <laughs> there you go. So you, you're training in OVW. You yeah. get shipped down to FCW um, in um, in Florida. Mm. Um, what was that transition like? Like, what happened next? Let me tell you. So I wasn't signed when I went there. I went to I went to OVW as an indie. So I went there like just off the back of JBL, Triple H, and everyone's opinion that I would make it and I should go there and I should work hard. Right. So I went there, and because I didn't have a contract, I, I was very very close. Because I didn't have a contract, um, it was literally like a, a matter of. All the boys got taken out, all the girls got taken out that were signed and put in FCW and I was left at OVW with a bunch of people who didn't have contracts. Oh. So now I've just moved there to follow my dream and now WOE has been taken out of the equation. And so I'm like, well, what do I do? Um, so it was interesting. It was a very interesting transition and I ended up staying for another three or four months and just doing the basic training, which was great. I did some indie shows throughout mm. the States, but... um. I was great. It was great, and then I and then I ended up going to WrestleMania. I was like backstage. I was like, so you're still like in that realm where like oh, yeah, you connect- were known and you're able to Wonder- yeah, wonderfully wonderfully connected because I have this like ability to like to make friends very quickly, yeah. which is awesome. But yeah. never got never got signed to the point where I was just where I was ready to be on TV at that point. Right. So, but I was on the TV show there. Heats of matches online from OVW. It's actually a blessing because everyone was like, well, this sucks. Like WWE, WWE leaving, which means no one's watching the footage every week to see who the next star is. No one's watching the house shows. No one's watching anything. They've gone. And I'm like, well, no, that's wrong. Like yeah. mentality is that that's great because that means that now we can all step up. So that was cool. That yeah. Was really good. We had like, I think Nick Dinsmore was my trainer and Al Snow was my trainer. Uncle Al shouts out, love you. Al Snow. Just trying to think what else... Yeah, it was just, it was great. Yeah. So we might just pause there for mm-hmm. a moment um, because I want to tell our listeners about Anytime Fitness in Epping. I uh, recently joined the Anytime Fitness community and I love it. They give you a key fob, which gives you 24 hour access to not only your home gym, but every Anytime Fitness location around the world, which means if you're planning a holiday and you don't want to ease up on your training, you can still find a gym wherever you are around the globe. 
and it's perfect for the touring musician or wrestler as well. If you are on the road and you need to get a pump in before your next match or your next gig, you can always find an Anytime Fitness somewhere to get your training in. Um, I love the whole concept, the whole 24-hour gym concept, and I think the best part for me, because I don't like training with headphones on, is that they actually have an app called Crowd DJ, which you can download onto your smartphone and you can control the music in the gym. Crowd DJ, get it? So uh, if you're in the mood to play some of your own uh, tracks uh, and you've forgotten your headphones at home, or if you are like me and you don't train with headphones on, you can still listen to your own curated playlist of music while getting your gym session done and dusted. Uh, and they also have uh, the Anytime Fitness app, which has, has uh, heaps of programs and workouts for you to help you on your fitness journey. Not to mention the very friendly staff that are there to help. So head on down to Anytime Fitness in Epping and sign up today. Uh, we were talking about your time in uh, OVW yeah. and then moving down to FCW. That's right. Um, and basically how um, OVW, WWE had taken itself away from that arena and then you trying to prove yourselves yeah. but without anyone kind of watching JBL you. hated the South, hey. Like I, it was really interesting because I was like – we had the Florida was is always where the boys wanted to be because the beach and you know the girls and the, part, the bars and like Miami you know everything beautiful everything you know it's just different down there yeah um, but we but Louisville was different because it was like petrol stations and you know like oh canyons and guns and like it was just a different it was just a different place to wrestle it was felt yeah. more dangerous and less corporate like right and um. And when Florida was very corporate, it was very like, all right, we're leveling up now. Mm. We're, we're going to control development more. We realize how important tomorrow's superstars are. We're not going to just leave this out in the South anymore with two people to oversee it. Because at the time, Al Snow was the head booker. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and unfortunately, I think he got he got removed. And um, he's still there now. Actually, he owns it now. He, um, owns he owns OVW. it now. Yeah, he owns it. Really? I talk to him all the time. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Um. So he bought it from Danny Davis last year, I think. Danny Davis Arena. So yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, they wanted it to be more corporate, and they streamlined it, made it very polished, and you can see what it is now. It's very corporate, polished version of the way it used to be. But ah. I missed. I just liked wrestling in a shed, and I remember like. I remember, like, after my matches, like, the craziest things would happen. Like, you'd be in the car park or you'd be, like, you'd walk out. One time this woman comes up to me and she, her husband's, like, grabs a baby from her and he comes over to me and he's like, Envy, will you sign my baby? And I'm like, I would uh, love to sign your baby. So he has sign a baby's stomach. <laughs> oh and then he comes back and then he comes back, like, the next week and uh, to the next Wednesday night TV taping and the baby's still got a signature on it. Like, he hasn't washed the kid. Oh envy, God. envy, my baby. And I'm like, this won't happen in Florida. Why, why are we leaving? <laughs> These guys absolutely love us, They love man. us so much. And yeah. they used to fill the place. I mean, like, it was fucking the energy in there was insane. And yeah. Mm. Wow. They do it differently down there now. Like I said, it's it's way more polished and that's fine. Yeah. But it didn't suit me as much. I really liked the rough around the edges, like, you know, snow, like snowed in, then no one can leave. Like it, just, it was just like, every, it was always badass. It was, it was just a cool, a, cool, it was a cool place to wrestle. Yeah. yeah. It was a dream. And while you were um, wrestling there in that time, did mm. you... Um, were you able to just wrestle or were you having to hold down a job as well to kind of pay the bills? No, so I was, like I said, I'm really lucky. Like I've, I was fine. I was fine because I have a recruitment company and I'm, I'm fine. So yeah. like that's good, which is great. But it was a bit of a struggle. Like we weren't, we weren't getting paid much. We were keeping, we were, we were keeping like cash in our mattresses and our pillowcases and <laughs> really? like on tour. Like, cause yeah, people would find our money and, oh man. And I remember like one time Brock, Le- Brock Lesnar, we went, did a show with him and like, he was at Applebee's and he like, he was really hungry after a show and we had another town to go to. I remember it was me, Al, Brock, Colt Cabana, Jay Bradley, I'm trying to think who else was there. Um, Rockstar Spud, who's WWE now, his name's something else. What's his name? Rockstar Spud, I remember well, that he's, name. He's, he's gorgeous. Yeah. I wish I could remember his name. Let me just let me just find him because of course I just he just added me. Oh, Maverick, he's Maverick now. Maverick, That's right. yeah. Maverick, just a bunch of ridiculous personalities, and then um, you know, Lesnar can't get egg whites, and all he wants is fucking egg whites. And really? So, like, like, where's my own? He's just like lost his mind <gasps> at this freaking Applebee's. It was the best. He just needed his protein, man. He's he's it's the gains. <laughs> 
<laughs> and were they, was he able to get them? Like, did they get oh, to Oh, yeah, the they fucking got them the, for him, but that's yeah. for was the best. Anyway, so, like, had some, like, we could go to town to town and, like, yeah. um, I was living with a guy while I was there. He'd got his own podcast, actually, called Kenny Bolin. And if you know him, he used mm. to – he's hilarious. Oh, my God. He used to have a um, – uh, he used to be the he used to be John Cena's manager in a thing called the Bowling the Bowling Alley Bowling Club or something I forget what it was called he'll kill me for not remembering that right um, I think John Cena him and there was someone else which I'm not which is leaving my mind so he was his first ever manager when John was at um, OVW so I was living with him while I was there and he was yeah he was amazing to live with. Um, but yeah, we had people popping in all the time like we had Snitsky pop in we'd have you know. Um, we had, the, we had take a pop in. We had like everyone just would just pop into the just house while I was living there. Just, just popping in when they're in town. Wow! Like Orton, just everyone just just to see King B and just you know and and because the house the house shows were so badass. Like like when WWE would come to town, the difference between like a televised show that you guys would see and and a house show, they'd work every single night. So like mm. very different vibe. Like the, you could do whatever the hell you want on a house show. Yeah. So I'd be involved in a lot of those, and they're fun. Because there's no cameras, so and there's no. no script, and it's just like go out there and have you know practice. Um, so they were fun. And this is like the time where cell phones are still in their infancy, so you can kind of get away with a lot more, and it's not going to end up on the internet. The just next MySpace, time. babe. That's all we had. That's all it was. We had top eight friends. Yeah, <laughs> and that was it. And I just remember my top eight friends. I remember one of them was um, Nick. What's his name now? Dolph Ziggler. And, um, <laughs> really? And we went to yeah. My top friends were like just everyone that was on OVW. Dolph, yeah, uh, yeah. Nick, Nick, and uh, Randy, and. Uh, whoever was there, like we were just all mate, and and then I remember looking back the other day, going, "Isn't that freaking strange that my top eight MySpace friends are like the biggest superstars in the, in the industry WWE. now?" And I have yeah. to say that sometimes I say that to my friends, and they're like, "Shut up, Envy, bragging." I'm like, "I'm not bragging. I'm remembering." Yeah, it's a cool <laughs> thing, dude. I'm not bragging. I remember my my top five or top eight was my wife, obviously. Got to be. Um, and I had punching above your weight there, sis. Like, gotta keep it cool. <laughs> I was, and I still am. Yeah. Um, I had tenacious. D, even though I don't know them, but they were, I love them, so I put them in my top five. I had Silver Night Drive, which is a, a, a local band. Um, Electric Mary was definitely in there. Oh, I'm opening for them. Oh, wonderful. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Well, because I saw um, uh, your teaser trailer th- this afternoon um, for your record. Um, that Pete Robinson um, was playing on yeah. your record, yeah, Pete. Pete, yeah. So I've had what Pete. an effing weapon. Oh, mate. Oh, my God, we're going to start talking about music now, are we? What a segue. Well done. Let's swap in there. We'll Isn't it great that we didn't even to try to segue? We no, just did. This is organic, babe. This is yeah, working. It's working well. <laughs> I saw that um, that Pete was on yeah. played on your record, and, he did. and yeah, he's such he's such a good good bloke and an and old soul and. Um, I've, I've had him on the show. It's 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 actually Pete's episode of the Art of Touring is is my most downloaded episode. Okay. Yeah. So um, whenever I tell people I got a podcast, I mean, check out the episode with Pete. It's it's a real corker. Um, <laughs> and it's funny. Before I forget, we're going back to wrestling for a second. But you mentioned that um, I'd you love know, to clothesline Pete. Just saying, by the way, oh, if really? you would allow me to. <laughs> In the ring. next time I say I'm just going to clothesline him. <laughs> Give him one. <laughs> Like Get him like a sack of potatoes. No, he'd love it. Um, uh, Cole Cabana, you mentioned. Mm. Um, my podcast is called The Art of Touring and his is called The Art of Wrestling and that's on purpose. Uh, my mm. my show was a, a direct um, you know, homage to, to his format because he mm. stopped doing the, the long-form interviews. Mm. And I was like, oh, man, I, I really missed that. I'm like, I was just going to do it my, with myself, you know, for myself. Oh, right. That's cool. Yeah, because um, he went to like more the on-the-road kind of documentary-style podcasting. And um, I was like, oh, well, I don't know any wrestlers, but I know a lot of musos and I can talk shit, so I might as well do my own thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, shout out to Colt because without him um, and Mark Merrin, I, I love Shout his. out to Colt. Yeah. Ooh, 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 ooh. Do a bunch of front rolls for us, mate. <laughs> front rolls. Do about 12 at a time. Come on. We love it. We love your energy. Keep yeah. going. Keep rolling. He's killing it at the moment in um, uh, N- NAW, the National, mm. sorry, NWA, mm. the National NWA. Wrestling Alliance, Yeah. on the YouTube with Billy Corgan. How bizarre is that, that Billy Corgan- He owns NWA, man. Owns a wrestling promotion. Cool as fuck. It's so weird, man. I it's grew cool. up listening to the Pumpkins, going to see the it's Pumpkins. It's the coolest thing ever. It's so wild. Anyway, we'll, we'll get we'll get back to he where we a, were. So we Pete will, Robinson. Yeah. I could talk about Billy Corgan for an hour or two. Go yeah, on. he's the man. Um yeah, so tell me about uh, your your music career, and and obviously you obviously came back to Australia at some point and started playing music. Did you play music overseas as I well? I didn't. Or? So no? what happened was I got um pretty badly beat up, like hit my head a bunch of times, and yeah, 
I was made for wrestling and I loved it so much. It's just um, got a few scares where, like, I was seeing, like, double and, like... Mm. Got concussed, maybe. Yeah, heaps of times. Mm. And a lot of things happen, like, you know... With in matches where it wasn't safe, and it doesn't. I'm not being like a princess or anything. I'm just. I was told by doctors that I had to stop wrestling or I could die. Yeah. So I have like a cat scan in my brain, and it's got bumps on it. And they're like, "You don't. You're not alright." Hey. So mm. and I kept falling over a lot and having these ep- like, I'm like, well, "That's going to affect me." And I remember what happened to Chris Benoit. Mm-hmm. They do too many diving headbutts off the top rope. No one's safe. No. So I was like, with all due respect, I was like, well, what do I want to do? I've got to be on stage, but I have to stop doing this. Like, this is effed. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to be a rock star. Yeah. I'm just going to buy a guitar and I'm going to make a record and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. Yes. And that was like, I don't know, five. I think I, I think a memory came up on my Facebook the other day, which was my first guitar and singing lesson was seven years ago or something. Wow. So it's really, it's come ago. to you. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, well, this was, this was ending. Wrestling was ending for me. And I was like, well, no, I've got to be on stage. I've got to be, fuck, I've got to have a character. Like I've got to, this is, this is in my blood, you know? Yeah. And um, yeah, so I did it and it's been what? It's been a freaking, it's been a Freaking hard yard, mate. Roller coaster, yeah. Absolutely, it's not easy, but it's worth. It's absolutely worth it. But you know, mm. they, they say to you, with anything, like if you knew what you had to go through to get there, would you do it again? I don't know if a lot of people would say yes, but yeah. I, I mean, ugh, it's definitely been insane. So I'm really blessed. Like I've had some amazing people work with me, and I'm like a tracks like you know, like I was talking before about my initiation with CM Punk and I had a, a very similar initiation with um, Paul Wasseen from the Screaming Jets. Mm-hmm. So I went to write songs with him. I won't tell you the, uh, the actual story, but I think he had this like air of, oh, I'm going to see him tomorrow and I'll tell him about this. I, he had this air of like, because him and I co-produced my record together. He helped me write the songs. Nice. I wrote the songs and he helped me put them together. So I'm very blessed to have him through my producer, Steve James, because Steve James does all the Screaming Jets stuff and he was wonderful and put me onto Paul and then, yeah. So I go to Paul's house and it's the first time I've met Paul and I'm like, I'm excited. I've got my guitar. I've got my ideas. And I'm like, I'm going to go write some rock songs. Yeah. And I get there and he's like, meh. And I'm like, hi. And he's like, meh. Oh. I'm like, uh, hi, I just want to. And he didn't even get up. He didn't even look at me. He just sat there. Jeez. But I get it now. Like he wasn't like, I didn't, he didn't owe me anything. Like I, I he, he's, he's a veteran. You know, sure, like he's a sure. guy that's done this well at a successful level and he's an icon yeah who's this girl just coming into my house wanting to take all my ideas and work you know who is this who is this bitch (laughs) i'm like it's me and i had to like sit there for like probably two hours and just play and he was like no don't like it don't like it don't like it i'm like fuck all right so just keep playing and like everything i've written just and then something stuck and i remember i was i went midnight drunk again naked and high and he was like i like that i'm like because it is it is midnight and we yeah we are, you know, tipping over that edge. So I was like, <laughs> this actually makes sense. He's like, yeah, I like that. So I kept that and then we started working on that song and that's Drown. That's a song that just, that, that's just come out. Six days um, ago, yeah. Yeah, but um, that was interesting too because he was not like, he wasn't like, welcome to my home and welcome to my life and you belong here. And you really like, had to work oh, for Oh my it. God. Yeah. And even like, now, he, he's great with me now, like with fam, but like, but then it was just like, I was like, holy shit, I'm actually getting put through the ringer again like I'm a rookie like I've got mm. to fucking I've got to earn this man it's not just going to be, get given to me yeah so how did you guys good. get in contact with each other so my so uh, remember I told you how I was like a salesperson sure, cold, cold yeah. calling salesperson so I just thought I got some advice from one of my really good friends and she's an amazing you should check her out Amira Black you should check her out she's incredible yeah she's been in the industry for a very long time like an award-winning artist she's incredible and she gave me some advice which was um you know not about getting a producer or anything, but just like, hey, well, why don't you like get someone to write your songs with? Because I had a band at the time. I always had bigger, bigger plans than just working in a local band in Adelaide. I want to do something bigger. I've always thought big. That's the wrestling thing. Mm. So I find, I get, I get, I get online. I'm looking up producers, and I can't really, they can't really find producers. So I'm like, all right, well, I, I cold called a couple of people. I called, I called Mark Opitz. I don't even know who Mark Opitz. I know is. the name. I, uh, I don't want to say the wrong band that he produced. I want to say Divinals. Okay. Yeah, Divinals. Um, anyway, a couple of big Australian bands. So he, yeah, yeah. I rang him and he just basically said, I need you to tour for at least two years before I'll even touch you. Yeah, right. And I was like, well, I sort of want to do it the other way around. I want to get the songs and then tour. But then I called Steve James. Um, I just had a nowhere, just like, hello. And he's like, who are you? I'm like, I am Envy Marshall. I, this is my music. This is what I do. He's like, well, I don't know who you are. Who are you? And I had to like explain to him who I was. And then he was like, hmm, send me a demo. 
Yeah. And I sent him a demo and then he didn't answer the phone. And then I just kept following up and following up and following up. And finally I got onto him and he's like, he's like, darling, you just need to know how to write songs. You've got no idea how to write. And I'm like, no, I don't. That's why I'm ringing you. Like, help me. And I had the song, but he was just, he was great. So I had like a very, like a, you know, when you're starting out in anything, you've got like an idea and you've got the, you, you don't attract what you are. You don't attract what you want. You attract what you are. So sure. the, the people around me were great for where I was at that point, but I needed more. So then, yeah. So Steve was like, look, um, go and work with Paul. So I was very lucky. And he actually said that not a lot of people get along with him and mm. are able to connect with him like that. So I'm very lucky with my upbringing, very, very similar types of people and yeah. I could gel with him and we got along really well and now we're really close. So oh, that's cool, totally man. blessed. I think we wrote five songs together, six songs together. Yeah. So only one's out at the moment, but we're going to sort of release them slowly. Yeah, nice. Mm. So you're going to um, kind of get the success of one kind of going along and then release another one, then another yeah. one, and then eventually it'll, it'll form an, a complete album. Yeah, rather than just popping everything out there and being yeah. like, here's all my stuff. Yeah, I think that's the, the, the drip feed is, is definitely the best way to do it for an independent act um, these days uh, because doing a, a whole album is, is so expensive. If you can kind of, you know, put your eggs in one basket on one song, do a clip for that, promote the shit out of that, and then three months later go back in the studio and mm. record another one or mm. maybe you've got a few in the can but you know like you said just release them every so often it it, it just like in wrestling you, you kind of have to keep the hype going you know and that's a really good way to do that mm. episode three of this show um uh, delsinki um craig johnson great guy he, he came and, and performed at the live event um and, and that's what he did with his album um and when it came out because i follow his career I, I really look up to him i think he's an amazing musician um, when the record came out, I'm like, oh man, I love this album. Cause I knew every track mm. cause he'd mm. already released a video mm. clip for every mm. song. Great. And, and like, you know, yeah. so and, strategy. yeah, people, if they're paying attention when, when they, when the album does come out, it's essentially like listening to a greatest hits mm. of an act that, you mm. know, is releasing their first album, mm. you know? So mm. yeah, no, it's a good way to do it. Envy. Well, well done. Well, well thought out. Yeah. I, I'm taking no credit for anything. Like I've had the best people around me supporting yeah. me and guiding me. Can't do it without mentors. Hey. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. Um, I mean, if I had my time again, that's probably how I would have um, released, you know, the music that I released early in my mm. career as well. Um, but uh, yeah, maybe, maybe once the podcast is wrapped, I'll, um, I'll get back um, uh, writing some more tunes. Why wait? Why don't you just write one tonight? Well, that's true. I could do. I actually wrote a jingle the other day. <laughs> Did you? What was it for? Um, so I listened to this podcast with, ironically, Zach Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. That's oh, yeah. why I was talking about it before. Zach Ryder had an amazing YouTube channel. I remember that. That's how he got found. He did. He had a podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, a, a YouTube video show. He yeah, had. that's right. Yeah. And, and that's how he got bloody like sourced. That's how he got a job as a wrestler in WWE. That's crazy. Yeah. He had a million followers or something and they were like, we're just, we're just going to take him. He's already built his own audience. Well, that's it. Mm. Um, yeah, so he has a podcast now about wrestling figures and um, they were uh, put a call out last week about um, some jingles for the show just as a competition. There's no money involved. It's just like a little collectible pin that you win. But I'm like, for me, I, I need, like at, right now, I'm very content in my life, you know. I've I've got a roof over my head. I've got a beautiful wife, beautiful, two beautiful twin girls. I've got a, a secure gig. Um, I play music on the weekends, you know. I don't really have a struggle, you know. And I've always needed a struggle to write mu meaningful music. Um, and so, oh, totally. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And so, like, well, how do you create that struggle? Oh, like, you could it's very just difficult. you could just you know create create a turmoil in your family just so you could write a record but I wouldn't I don't actually <laughs> I, I don't recommend that. it but uh, you could I mean I, I, I do find toxic relationships to be a great way to, to write music yeah unfortunately. unfortunately you just get stuck in them and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy and then you just yeah. end up with the wrong people all the time but yeah. great music comes out great of it music. so yeah what do I want? Do I want a happy, successful life with a stable family? Do I want to make a great fucking rock record? Well, I think I'm going to stick with the toxic men for now. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. You're going to suffer for your art. Yes. Oh, my God. And it. do I ever. My goodness. I fucking do. Yes. So, um, yeah, basically all I was just trying to get at was um, the uh, – uh, they put a call out for a jingle and it was like, well, that's a specific thing that I can write about. Mm. So I'm going to do that. And mm. um, yeah, they played it on this week's show. So oh, I was super congrats. stoked. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Um, but no, I would like to um, to, to write more um, after the pod is wrapped. Um, and so tell me about the single Drown. How did it come out? I mean, you were saying that that that's, was the first one that old mate kind of said, yeah, let's, let's kind yeah. of see where that one takes yeah. us. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's right. So the song itself is, you can tell if you've seen the clip and I'm, I'll put a link up or whatever, but mm. it's just, it's, it's it is like about, like it's about snow and yeah, stuff. Yeah, we had a snow machine. Yeah, that was cool. The, cool. the cool thing about that is like when I first wanted to do that clip, I had this big idea. I was going to tie it into, I, have, I always have these ridiculous big ideas and somehow I pull them off. But I had this idea that um we would go to the snow and we would be in Mount Buller and it would be snowing and we would like, we'd actually do it in the snow and we hide this big house and got the director and they were amazing, Dylan and um, Nick, they were incredible team to work with and then we got this big we hired this big home and we would go out there and everyone would drive out everyone would bring their partners so it's like six people four people in the band at that time and then their partners and then friends and then it was going to turn it into a big party and then had it all booked and then the director and the producer drive out there together to have a look at the studio you know, to just check out the site for the for the filming and they're like it's not going to snow here like it's it's it doesn't snow in Mount Buller underneath the mountain. Like you've hired a massive house that there's oh. nowhere near any snow. Oh. I'm like, oh no. And then I tried to get my money back and they wouldn't give my money back. So oh. it's all this money. But then Dylan's like, I'm going to get us a snow machine. You're going to get your snow. And I'm like, thanks Dylan. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was cool. Yeah. So we had a snow machine and we did it in a really cool, it was really badass. And then we went out and that we went cool. to the Yarra afterwards and we had a party that definitely I was drunk in, in that video. So it was, yeah, I was, I was, what, what would you call that? What does Leonardo DiCaprio and, and Scorsese do? Oh, method. method acting. Yeah, yeah. You you were very believable I, because you were I, genuinely I was drunk. Shit face. <laughs> Fantastic. Anyway, yeah. So yeah. not during the day, but in the evening. So yeah, it was really it was a really fun video to shoot. And I think I wrote that really about, you know, breaking up with people and toxic relationships and getting rid of people and not letting that bring you down and making sure that you still stay on track with your goals, even though people are gonna come in and come out and mm. and I think that's what the video for me is all about. And the song's yeah, about nice. mm. um and so that one's just been released with the video clip and you're going to be doing some shows in support of it as well. Yeah. So I did, um, I've got a show coming up and I just got told by Rusty, I could tell this, I could tell everyone today, which is cool. So 24th of April, um, Electric Mary are doing their self tour. They're doing like their own tour of Australia and I'm going to open for them at the corner, which would be badass. Oh, awesome. Yeah, Love the corner, it's man. Be great. Have you played the corner before? I haven't. It is so awesome, Yeah, man. I've been there heaps, but I never played there. So yeah. to open for Electric Mary is a freaking badge of honour for me. So I'm so excited. <laughs> Dude, I've I'm best mates with the guitar player, and I've never opened before them. So you've done really well, man. That's Thanks. fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and the corner is is a great is a great venue. Um, uh, I like the same thing. Like for years, I'd go see bands there. Um, and the only reason I was able to um to play there recently is because I found myself doing the Pearl Jam tribute thing um, about six months ago, and um, oh, yeah. I approached all these venues in Melbourne because we were doing them at the Cherry Bar, but then they closed down, and this was before they opened up again at um, Pony or the old Pony. The old Pony. Yeah. And um, hmm. I just uh, approached Corner and not in a million years I thought they would say yes, but then I checked their website. They do tribute nights there. I'm like, what? And so, yeah, they put it on and we've done two really great nights there. So, nice. Yeah, now the Corner, man, you're going to have such a good time. That'll be fantastic. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be great. And I love the boys. Like, I, like Pete did my record. He's a legend. Mm. And um, i got a whole new band. Um, yeah, because the last show I did, I did, um, did a show at, Chasers and then, then my band was Jimmy Hocking from the Jets, Paul from the Jets, Scotty from the Jets, and a drummer. Mm. And, th- and those boys, I was so lucky to have the whole band of the Screaming Jets in my band. Like it was cool as F. Like That's how crazy, cool is that? Easy, yeah. But then I'm like, well, it's not sustainable. It's obtainable, but it's not sustainable. So mm. I've got a got a new band. So that's going to be really fun. Mm. And we get we get into rehearsals, get stuck in next Wednesday. So that'll be that'll be really great. Yeah. Who, go. who who are the new guys in the band? I got um. Voya from Bad Moon Born. Yeah, Voya. He's yeah. a past art of touring mm-hmm. guest as well. Cool. I've got Blanche from Dead City Ruins. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Alejandro Adams, who's in a uh, fuck the Fitzroy Doom scene. Mm-hmm. And um, Shane Evans from To An End. Yeah, right mm. on. Yeah, so, so they're, all, they're all good guys. Yeah, man, fantastic. And um, it takes my the band's median age down from fifty five to <laughs> twenty eight or something. So <laughs> yeah, that's, sure, yeah, that's great. That's a cool thing, man. Um, but yeah, so. We're stoked about that. Yeah, um, we can. Mm. And so, um, at those live shows, you can have T-shirts and CDs and the whole the whole gimmick. I'm or? thinking about this. What do you reckon? I'm what, thinking about you in, remember the, remember the NWO. Mm-hmm. Thinking about doing like the NVO and putting it on T-shirts because I'm like Envy and it's Envy's order, man. And I can just like I can because that's my favorite wrestling merch of all time was the NWO Hollywood era. If I could just re bring that out, I would I would wear that shit. 
Fuck yes. yeah. I'll give them away. Take my money. I want one of those you shirts. You okay. I'll, yeah. I'll send you one. When, when I was getting changed tonight to, to put my, my, my clothes on, I, I picked up two shirts. There was an NWO t-shirt and there was a there was a Fozzie t-shirt. And I, I Amazing. Chose, I chose the Fozzie one. That's but, funny. Um, yeah, Chris Jericho, you are like you are you are dripping in wrestling merch right now. Yeah, I, I kind, of, kind of obsessed the sizzler. Yeah, hey, there you go. That's my gimmick. I'm like a crazy fan of wrestling. So when I do my debut, it's like, oh my god, it's that guy that's been at every show. Oh, my oh god. cool, you could be the guy with the sign. That that <laughs> yeah. yeah, crazy sign guy. Yeah, crazy sign guy. There was that fucking guy, um, that Frank the Clown guy. He was just a fan, like in the audience, and now he's dating Mick Foley's daughter. Mm. It's like that is crazy. <laughs> How did he do that? Well, it's wild. Are you sure? Because a lot of that stuff's planted. Are you sure that wasn't he wasn't already dating Mick Foley's daughter, and that's how uh, they got. To, you never know, man. Maybe, maybe that was just it's a storyline. It's smoke line. and mirrors, dude. It's like true. At the same time, like whenever I don't want to ruin, I don't want to ruin your life either, because people love to get caught up in the story. No, no, and, dude. I I'm complete. Like like you said, that was cool that you told me that story about punk, because then it, it makes complete sense. Mm. Yeah. No, ruin my life. Tell mm. me another one. I can't do. <laughs> I don't know. I just remember when I was on tour and I, you know, I had a tag team called Nine Inch Males and it was me and Nine Inch Males, Nine Inch Males, and it was me and uh, Kjax and Tyson Gibbs and they were Sydney guys and we would go on like North Coast tour with IWA and stuff. And when I was doing some Australian stuff, yes, and we would just be complete dicks and it was fun. Like it was like yeah. I don't get to be like this normally. Like I can, I can, <laughs> I can hit a kid's chips off of his table as I walk past him. <laughs> yeah. I'm, Fuck you, kid. Oh, you asshole. Yeah. And they're like, and they're like eh, why would you be so rude to my child? And you're like, your mum's fat. You know, it, it sounds ridiculous. <laughs> but these are things you can't actually do when you're a, when you're a person in, in the world. Life. Yeah. Unless you're a douche. And that yeah. doesn't get you very far. But in, in the in under the spotlight with a ring around you in a squared circle, not with the entrance music playing. Yes. Now I can be whoever the hell I want and I'm gonna enjoy this because I've had a hard few days and I'm gonna take it out on your mother. Okay? <laughs> it's fun. It's part that is of it. So cool, it's part man. of it. It's part of it. You know what? I think um I'm really glad that you asked me at the beginning of the show what, what my wrestling gimmick would be in my name. I'm not sure about the name, but I, I think I figured out the gimmick and that is um I would I would be like a high school music teacher and I'd show up and I would just take all my aggression out on the audience, you know, mm-hmm. and I'd say everything that I would want to say to a kid who, you know, is giving me the shits. I would just say it all, all to the audience. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. It's a crotch you fucking idiot. <laughs> it's only worth one beat, not two. And it only ends up in one part of the fucking stave, you idiot. Shit. <laughs> you feel better now, hon? Now I feel better. better. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, I'll send you an invoice. Yeah, do I, I, I just, I just think with that, like, that's what wrestling was like for me. It was like I, I missed that getting it out, like, like yeah, throwing yeah. a clothesline and punching someone in the face, and oh, that, that I just don't, I haven't had that for a very long time with anything, and yeah, and weight training does it to an extent, but yes. like, and rock and roll does it to an extent, but there's nothing like it. There's nothing mm. like that. Yeah, taking a bump in the ring and and oh. getting that exhilaration from and getting the crowd. hit in the face and getting thrown out and, and getting booed out and getting a coke can thrown at your head. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. the best. It's so cool. I think there's something wrong with me, but I don't. This, this is no, what, this there's is what I love. There's nothing wrong with you because you're you are <laughs> able to get that emotion out of that crowd. You've got them eating out of the palm of your hand. That's exactly what you want mm. to be able to do as a heel mm. or mm. as a baby face. It doesn't doesn't really mm. matter. Mm. Oh, that's fantastic. Mm. Um, Envy. It's been so great talking with you Yay! tonight. It was um, fun. Before we wrap up, um, would you mind if we played uh, a little bit of Drown at the beginning of this podcast mm-hmm. so people can kind of hear your music? And, would love and, that. Yeah, cool. All right. So we'll have heard a little bit of Drown um, by Andy Then the Marshall. national anthem. And then the national anthem. Oh, it's kind of just a rule I have. <laughs> I'm very, I'm a nationalist. What can I say? I'm you're proud kind of, of my country. Obsessed, I love this country. Obsessed with the national anthem. I love this country. <laughs> <laughs> Far out, man. Okay. I'm I'm not very um I'm I'm the, probably one of the least uh patriotic dudes, you know. I just kind of been plopped here, I feel, you know. I mean I love Melbourne, but I feel like um I kind of probably would have flourished a bit better in the States because over there pop culture is so mm. like accepted. Mm. Whereas here you're kind of in a bubble. Like you have mm. to wait for so long for the bands to come out, wait mm. forever for the wrestlers to come out, mm. you know. Yeah, in in that environment, I think I, I would have had a lot more fun. But, I think um, so too. Yeah, yeah, you would have definitely been one of my mates in the states. That's for sure. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah, my gosh. Um, so yeah, we'll have heard a little bit of drown, and um, 
and that's that's. Well, I mean, what's what's next? Have you have you decided which track you're going to release next? Or? Yeah, so we're doing another music video on the 21st of March. The mm-hmm. song is called "Get Off." <laughs> Yep, I just let you guys think about that for a second. It's exactly how it sounds, and <laughs> we're doing a we're doing a badass film clip for that. I've got another one coming out soon called The Fire. We're just gonna keep we're just gonna keep releasing just stuff, man. And then we're, we're going to start touring, and we're going to be doing some shows. We're going to open for some big acts. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Oh, awesome! Mm. And um, uh, oh, there was one thing I wanted to ask you. Yes, of course. If people want to um, follow your career, can you? Give us a little bit of the um, the Envy Marshall uh, tags. Like, where can we find you on Facebook, Instagram? Yeah, that kind cool. Of thing. Just Envy Marshall. So hashtag Envy Marshall on and on Instagram. I'm Envy Marshall. And drumroll, please. On Facebook, I'm Envy Marshall. So yeah. you, can, you can find me on both. And please find me and message me because I will write back. Unless you know it's a it's a dick pic, then I won't. Then no, that's not appropriate. No, no, don't send Envy dick pics. I tried that, and, and that's why it took me so long to get <laughs> yeah, her on the he show. Tried, he actually tried that. <laughs> and I was like, look, mate, you just got to write a message. I'm yeah. actually a really approachable person. Um, I mean, I appreciate it. It's lovely. But yeah. um, no. No, not, no, no. That, that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a gentleman. Um, mm. And so, of course, I was trying to remember that. This was the other thing I wanted to ask. Mm. Um, the uh, the wrestling persona that you had, was that Envy Marshall as well? Or did you wrestle under a different name? I wrestled under Envy. Just Envy. Just Envy. So Marshall came when I started recording music because Marshall Amps and I was just like, great, Marshall, Envy Marshall. It's Perfect, Envy together. Marshall. So now, yeah. Yeah. it was hard being just Envy because you Google Envy and you you got to be, right. you got to be something. Yeah, yeah. In the stratosphere of the universe, like you can't just be this, you know, not the way, not the way it used to be. So yeah, it's cool. Envy Marshall. And did the they put that name on you, or did you come up with Envy and they said, yeah, that sounds good? I came up with Envy right as soon as I started wrestling there because I honestly felt like everyone, for some reason, I rubbed everybody the wrong way. And and then I remember one of the head coaches saying, I, "Don't worry, it's just envy." I didn't have a name then, and I was like, "Oh, I'm just gonna." Be envy, yeah. And that's you know, cool. you got to be careful what you name yourself because it does sort of it does sort of fulfill its own prophecy if you sort of walk around the world with it. But at the end of the day, I'm not here to make anyone jealous or pissed off. I just it's just a strong name and yeah, it's cool, man. And I'm going to keep going with it. Well, mm. I didn't even really think of the, the actual meaning behind it. It just kind of felt like a name, you mm. know, um, to me when I first heard it. Right, so. You know, you get given a name, right? Yeah. Like, you know, and I, I I got given a name. I'm very proud of the name that I was given. Yeah. And I felt like I, I felt like it was handed to me from one of my coaches. So I've taken it and I've kept it. And, yeah, nice. And I'm building on it. I mean, mm. I didn't choose Sis Dog, man. That was thrust Sis Dog chose me. you, man. It did. Fucking hell. I was teaching my first teaching gig out in Melton, and for some reason we were just calling each other Dog in the office one day. Oof, oof. What's up, Dog? You know, like that. And then it turned into... Um, you know, this the first name, so Dave Dog or like Sis, I, I was already Sis, and then it turned into Sis Dog, and then it just stuck. I couldn't, I couldn't bloody get rid of it, and now I've even got it on my bloody number plate, the Sis Dog. Wow, you went the full, the full enchilada. Yeah, yeah, I your own car that. is tagged. Yeah, tagged Sis Dog. You can never be famous, you know that, because people will just know who you are. On my car. Yeah. Oh, maybe Don't I should. Up big. I should get rid of the uh, the number plate, and then it might all fall into place. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> Be careful. Yeah, well, it's good advice, Envy. I've I've gotten so much good advice tonight. I'm I'm, I'm so um, I'm so glad that we were able to get in um, before uh, the weekly episodes wrapped of the Art of Touring. Cool. Thanks yeah. for having me. Thank you very much. We'll see you on March the twenty first. No, that was when your video April the twenty sixth. April twenty sixth at the Corner Hotel, opening for Electric Mary, and they're one of your top friends from MySpace. So you better be there. <laughs> I'll be there. Right, MySpace isn't there, but you'll be there. I'll right. be there, rocking out with Envy Marshall, Electric Mary at the Corner Hotel. Cool, rocking out. See you there. Thanks, Envy. Bye. Ciao. And that's a wrap, Sizzlers. Episode 97 all done. Thanks for listening. If you did enjoy this episode, give the podcast a share on social media. Use that hashtag, Art of Touring Podcast, on Instagram and give us a follow at Art of Touring Podcast. If you are a first-time listener, where you been, mate? Episode 97. You've been asleep on the job. I've been doing this for 97 weeks, mate. Come on, get your shit together. Episode 97, you're just joining us. What is going on in your life? You're probably living it, but that's okay. Now, now, now it's okay. Now you're here. You can you can just go on back. 
go on back and check out some other episodes and check out next week's episode. And you never know, episode 101, who knows when that'll drop, but I know when episode 100 drops and that is on March the 20th. So, you know, put that in your diary, put that in your pipe and smoke it. Hey, listen, if you'd like to get in contact with me, please do email me directly at artofturingpodcast at gmail.com. Maybe you'd like to come on the show if you're a touring musician or a performer. Please hit me up or send me a, a DM on Instagram at Art of Turing Podcast. You can listen to Art of Turing on Wooshka. You can download it on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. It's all there. And uh, if you could just take a moment to rate the podcast, give it a five-star review, something like Sis Dog Talks Some Shit with wrestlers and, and musicians every week or sometimes when it after 100, but it's going to be great anyway. So, you know, <laughs> give him a review. Give me a review. That'd be nice. Now let's get into some plugs. Tomorrow night, Saturday the 29th of February, I'll be playing with the Even Flow Australian Tribute Pearl Jam Show, or the Australian Pearl Jam Tribute Show, alongside Fuvana. Uh, they obviously do Foo Fighters and Nirvana tunes. And Alice Remains, who do uh, Alice in Chains tribute show songs. Man, it's all happening at the Prince Band Room in St Kilda. Tickets are available right now, or you can get them on the door. It all kicks off at 8pm, so get down early to see all three bands and hit that nostalgia button hard. Let's go back to the 90s and hit that button, baby. 29th of Feb, tomorrow night. Or if you're listening to this on Saturday, it's tonight. Or if you're listening to this on Sunday, you missed it. What are you doing, you puppets? Get down to the Prince Band Room, 29th of February 2020 to see Even Flow and Fuvana and Alice Remains. We'll see you there. That's all from me this week. Before I go, I have a few shout-outs. Shout-out to Chris Wall. He designed the artwork for the show. You can follow him on Instagram at Mr. Wall, spelt W-A-H-L. And big thanks to my guest this week, Envy Marshall. You can follow her on her social profiles at uh, Envy Marshall on Facebook and Instagram uh, and her YouTube channel as well. Uh, That's all from me this week. Thanks again for listening. Tune in next time for another episode of the art of touring with a scissor diggity dog. And don't forget our sponsors for the Art of Touring podcast, Lobos Collectibles in Thornbury, the best vintage toy store in the universe, and Anytime Fitness in Epping, where as the name suggests, you can train anytime, day or night. Remember, you ever, you ever watched WCW? Um, I... I, I I didn't watch it as much as as Raw. I was um, obsessed. That's where I started. But WWE. my my wife loved WCW. Did like, she? Huge WCW. Is Danny a wrestling fan? She is. I knew yeah. I liked her. Yeah, she actually wanted to be a wrestler, but um, at the time in in Melbourne, there there was no wrestling schools. There was there was one, but it was all the way on the other side of town, and her parents wouldn't drive her, so she never got to do Aww. it. Yeah, yeah. But she 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 would she's tough. She would have been great. Yeah, she is yeah. tough. She's tough. You did man. well. I, I'm I'm punching above my weight. Hundred percent. This is um this is uh, it is what it is. You know. Oh, uh, you are the sizzler. The, the big sizzler. <laughs>